Welcome to another episode of Song Title Challenge, where the question is, climbers, how should you write this one? Because listen, the first idea that you have conceptually on a song title, sometimes it's the right one, but usually it's not. You got to dig through, spend 15, 20 minutes digging down past the copper, past the gold, even past the platinum, get to that diamond, right? To get to that really, that really, really good concept that's just going to blow people's minds. And then the song sometimes can practically write itself when it, that energy, when you strike it, and it's just like, boom, I know exactly what to do with this, right? Climbers, of the, which are listeners of the podcast, send in their song titles to info at daredevilproduction.com. Production is singular. There is no S. Info at daredevilproduction.com. Put your... Song title challenge or STC, put that in the subject line so I know what folder I should put it in. Then I go through and pick out a song title after Brent and I have usually coerced or had to blackmail somebody to come onto our podcast, like a huge hit songwriter. <laughs> we got, listen, Brent and I got people, we got stuff on people all over this town. That's how we get these guys. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, the three of us will flesh out like five or six different conceptual angles on how. To write that, it's not a co-write in any way, shape, or form. We say use all of what we say, use none of what we say. It's up to you. But we do demand an invite to the number one party. And it's a fantastic, first of all, it's just a way to have proximity to pro writers and, and how they think and how they go about setting this up to themselves up to write for a song. I think that's invaluable. Mm-hmm. But also, this is a great tool, Brent, that you've used to breathe new life into your old song titles in your hookbook, right? Yeah, that's right. We had so much fun doing these episodes that I'm like, I got to do this stuff for my old own old titles because I got like 4,000 or whatever titles in my hookbook I've been keeping for over 20 years that I just don't go back and look at. And this kind of forces me to go back and just spend like 10 minutes or whatever riffing on it. And I've gotten cuts out of some of those old, old titles. So yeah, I'm a fan of doing this. I'm a fan of doing it. I believe in it. So, and also one thing I think is fun about this is if you listen to a bunch of them, which I recommend you do, you're going to see that because I'm just kind of tend to be me, right? But the guests we have on, you're going to see a variety that not all pro songwriters process, think the same way. And hopefully that will be comforting to you going, oh gosh, I don't know if I think like other people. There's probably somebody here that thinks a little bit more like you do. There are all these different vibes and they can all work. And that's one thing I think is valuable for having guests on as well. So that it would be very mistaken for people to think, I got to think like Brent. No, probably not. It's probably <laughs> more helpful if you don't. That's, that's why right. we have guests on. <laughs> that's right. Well, let's get to today's guest, as who's somebody I'm happy to call a friend as well. This gentleman here is just, I mean... It's just a vulgar display of prowess, no matter how you slice it. He's, he's done a lot of work with Big Kenny and Big and Rich and all the big hit songs that you know. That's where they came from. Cowboy Troy as well. He wrote Mississippi Girl for Faith Hill. He wrote Laid Back for Jason Aldean. He'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe. Well, here's what I know I'm right. He As right now, he's played on over 500 albums as a guitar player. He's got 45 number ones that he's played on. He's also Tim McGraw's touring guitar player. And so, you know, rock star right off the gate there. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you've played on every Jason Aldean record ever, right? Is that correct? Yes. So if you like Jason Aldean, you've heard my boy, Mr. Adam Schoenfeld. Yes, welcome, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Go, go. Yeah, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys? 
Thank you for saying yes. Adam's on tour right now with Tim McGraw up in Denver. Well, you're staying up in Denver, but you're playing in, in Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Cheyenne, yeah. Wyoming. Frontier days. That's the wonderful Embassy Suites lighting. Yes, yes. It's, it's if you're watching on YouTube, underwhelming. Thank God you're pretty, Adam. Thank God you're pretty. Friendly ghost. There we go. That's right. If you're watching on YouTube, then this is a little window into the the rock star status that you get on the yes, road. That's right. <laughs> you see, can you see the people like waving the big fig leaves and feeding them grapes? Yeah. Do you see that? <laughs> All the time. Right right by the homemade omelet station down there. Right <laughs> <laughs> by the homemade omelet station. <laughs> and the, and the uh, 1.5 mile walk to Starbucks. There we go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, this is going to be fun with Adam because, I mean, we've had so many like hit songwriters on here, and, but I don't like we've had Karabi on who's rock rock guy mm -hmm. but what's cool is like you're so well versed in country but also you've got digital brains which is like a punk kind of punk or a punk rock band you've got sun cat which is with your wife katie cook and i mean with cowboy troy it's like you're getting into some rap stuff like you can kind of yeah you straddle a lot of different lanes that i think you have extreme amount of proficiency in that most writers we have in the show don't have that mm -hmm. kind of breath you know what i mean well they might they might just not use it <laughs> or maybe they don't use it but yeah yeah you're scratching every itch yeah. he's like hey i, I can't stop you know <laughs> yeah i can't <laughs> whatever pops out you know so yeah it pops out i love it all right so are you guys ready yeah what do we got Yes, and before we get going, I mentioned this to Adam beforehand, but I'm wearing my old school major Bob music hat right now for my first publishing deal because that's when I first met Adam. We They threw us in a room together one day, and then through the years, like, you've played on some demos of mine, that kind of stuff, so you keep popping up like a lucky penny. Although I, I, I don't know how lucky that song didn't get cut. What we did we write? Do you know what we wrote? I, I was thinking about it. I think it was called Sometimes It Takes a Girl to Do a Man's Job. Oh. I think it was called A Man's Job. We wrote my friend Robin Welty, and it was just kind of a, of course, we were like, let's write something rocking. I'd be interested in hearing that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to dig it up. I don't even know what laptop it's on. It's on a, uh, isn't on a DAT tape or what? It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's how old it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was like 2005 or 2006. It was a, it was a way drive. Get your zip drive out, buddy. There you go. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, you know, the stuff. So, so I know Adam, you guys through, through the Tim McGraw tour. So John Prestia is a dear friend of mine and, and lived down in Florida, who was very good friends with my band when I toured. Jamo was my drummer who teched for Tim McGraw. And then also um, one of our crew guys that we used all the time for front of house, Mick Wick. For, Wick. That's Wick. right. He's, he's retired now, but he was uh, Tim McGraw's monitor guy for quite a long time. And so that's how I came to know Adam. But I, you said dad tapes just a few months ago, man, I found like, I never had the masters for some of the demos that we did with yeah. the band that Jamie and I had. And I found a dad tape of the mixes. I was like, so excited. I sent oh, it to him, yeah. but I hadn't seen a dad tape in forever, dude. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God. Try to find a dad player that works. Yeah. Well, that, well that's what I, no. Okay. So you know what I did just FYI, like if you're in Nashville and you got some old school stuff that you need, do you know the cat from welcome to 1979? You do, don't you? Probably. Oh, I don't know him personally. I, I, if I, well, I don't remember stuff. But I don't think I know him personally, but I heard he does like he'll he'll bounce stuff from whatever. Yeah, he's got all the machines that you need, no matter what it is. But and side note, he's like the number one, I think, in the country or maybe on the planet, the number one restorer of old two inch 
uh, real, wow. real machine. So wow. you know, welcome to 1979 is like a popular place for people who go studio to go. It's all analog and they'll go cut the rhythm there and then import everything into Pro Tools and, and, yeah. and do the overdubs kind of a thing. But Good to know. Great little studio. But that. yeah. That's how I got the dad thing going on. I got on a there. stack of dads, man. I got a stack <laughs> of dads for sure. <laughs> no dad player that works. <laughs> all right, here we go. This is from Marla Rubenstein again. She's been crushing it. Hey, Marla. I know that name. Hi, Marla. And this title, it, on the surface, my hot take is going to be that it looks a little specific, but I just think it's so interesting that I want to listen to whatever it is you're going to come up with, because I have to know how you're going to flesh this out. And the title is, and she's, she's put the first word in parentheses, so she's, I guess she's saying we can use it or not use it, okay. but if Jesus had a tattoo. <laughs> okay. If Jesus had a tattoo. Okay, if Jesus had a tattoo. All right, thank you for sending that in, Marla. Wow, that's a big one. My first thing is, I've written a song with Mark Narmore called Jesus Tattoo. Mm. So we've written that. What's weird about that, we were over at the fire hall at Sony, and uh, Mark and I were working on this. I like, I got this title, and we are working on it. And we went to the, into the little lobby back there. Adam, I'm sure you've been in the fire hall. And yeah. They got that little kitchen thing. We go in there. Lisa Carver's in there because she's writing with somebody, and her shirt says jesus loves me and my tattoo i was like mm. what yeah ah. anyway oddball well, song you know what something just came to me instantly and sometimes things come instantly sometimes not i almost feel like that's not the hook mm -hmm. like to me instantly you think of we're all formed in in the what, what is it in the in the form in or the, the image of god yeah of god and jesus if jesus had a, a tattoo it would be you Oh, that's the first thing I thought of too. It'd be like it'd be your face or something. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. Yeah. That, just, that just kind of was like that but, might be money right there. That might I was gonna, that was gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, Adam. God, that was brilliant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is what they pay the big bucks. Sweet, right? <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. Shortest episode ever. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Wow. But it's funny. Some friends of mine. I want to say maybe Jason Cox, Michael Boggs. It, and maybe someone else, Lee Black or something, but they had a song called, oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but basically if, like, if Jesus had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, all this stuff about, uh -huh. he, just about his love. He loves you individually, specifically as a person. Not just general love, but you. Yeah. So that makes me think of that too. If Jesus had a tattoo, it would be you. Because it's funny, it's the flip of those people that have Jesus' name or Jesus' face, yeah. you know, or crucifix or whatever tattoo. It's like, well, if he had one, it'd be you. Which I think is is a cool reversal. Yeah. Yeah. And just enough to pick off some fundamentalist. I don't know. I've been reading a book, uh, this guy that was saved from drowning uh -huh. and born again. And, and in deep, like I walked into the studio with this guy and he instantly had to tell me his story Yeah, because, you know, he went through this being saved from drowning and, and then just looking for a reason, looking for proof, of Jesus and God. And for him, he got it. And so I've been actually, this has been a subject I've been really deep into lately, you know, okay. and I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I don't have a per se religion. So this is an interesting thing for me, but it's interesting that it's actually been a topic I've been really looking into right now. So I'm wondering where a verse would come from and that's how it would start. Maybe it starts with, with somebody who's lost uh -huh. somebody this person singing it doesn't quite believe yet. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, hasn't, hasn't been shown what they feel is proof yet. They're asking, they're looking, 
they're praying for a sign. They're praying for something to be fixed and they will follow Jesus to wherever if Jesus will just show them some light and some, and some assistance. Yeah. Hold on. I I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. So on, on, on like springboarding off of what you said, you you know how in the movies, like um, Bruce almighty, right. Where like God is, he's the homeless guy the whole time. Mm -hmm. Right. He's like, and any more sooner that guy would, what if, Adam, you had said when you started this story that this guy just had to tell you a story. He was compelled to tell you a story, right? He just had that energy connection with you and felt like you were going to listen. You know what I mean? He just like knew you were going to listen and you were going to care, right? Mm -hmm. And what if this is about in the like the second verse or or maybe the end of the course or in the bridge, the bomb drops? But what if it's Jesus that's the tattoo artist? Mm. (laughs) Wow. Wow, wow, what if wow. Jesus had a tattoo parlor? Right. And and by the way, what if the <laughs> tattoo parlor name is if Jesus had a tattoo? Yeah. And he just puts it right like it was, where's the best place to hide in plain sight, right? <laughs> I'm calling myself this. Maybe his name is Jesus. Maybe his name is Jesus. <laughs> the video pans out. Jesus is doing the tattoo, you know, and then when Jesus gets up on his arm, he's got a tattoo of the person that was sitting in the chair. Yeah. 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 You know, Johnny, it makes me think maybe you misread this because it's text. Maybe it is because I like the internal rhyme. If Jesus had a tattoo. <laughs> well, you can't say that. Can you not say that. Isn't that a name? A proper Hispanic name? Hold on. I'm going to, I got to get something. Are we going to have to delete this whole episode? Did I just cancel myself? I don't know the rules anymore. So the guy's name is Mark Johnson. And I was just really, really drawn to the guy and his, his book is his story, basically taking history. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the one thing he says about, I want to find this. This is pretty interesting. And this is really weird for me because I'm so all my life been uh, religion, religion, religion. Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard that before. That's I great. That. That's, I'm like, okay, dude, rock on. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what you have yeah, to I'm say. Yeah, I'm not interested. But uh, that's cool. But I, I digress. But um, but all this is stuff that relates to this. And this is just a sidebar for the listener. This is like what it happens in the room. Somebody throws something out and it sparks a conversation. Oh, I've been reading this book and I've been talking and you'll have these conversations and it may be an hour and you go, well, what else we got? <laughs> or yeah. you dive into that and you find it. And that's what's powerful. I think when you when there's a point of connection, even if it's not exactly on that, but it starts a real conversation. Absolutely. Uh, so don't be scared of those in the writing room. Don't think like, I don't have time for these sidebars. And I got to keep right on task. No, that's where the good stuff is of going. Yeah, this book. I'm going to read. Let me let me grab something. Yeah, because there's real stuff turning up. Absolutely. So don't be scared of that. You know, interesting spiritual tattoo story of mine. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a place this verse could start, you know, somebody just wandering into a tattoo parlor that needs a tattoo. Well, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the band I was in, Stroller Rent. Maybe you did. It was with John Nicholson. Oh. And uh, we were kind of doing a little moderate touring here and there in the van. And, and I had this one little tattoo that I got when I was young of an arrowhead necklace that matched the one my brother was buried with. My brother's name was Josh. Mm-hmm. And we went down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I think that is. Yep. Yeah. And we set up, did our sound check, had time to kill. 
And I always wanted to get my brother Josh's initials under the tattoo. And I see a tattoo parlor across the street. And so I go in there and, and I start talking to the guy and I say, I want to get my brother's initials. His name was Joshua John Schoenfeld. So he said, cool. And start talking. Tattoo artist's name is Josh. Of course. Oh, right. So you're like, I was supposed to be here. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So, so maybe there's something in that where it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be a, a truck driver, um, mm -hmm. somebody who travels a lot, somebody who's traveling because they don't know what they want out of life. Mm -hmm. Somebody that's searching, somebody that's going, looking at new towns to live in, looking for a new start. And maybe, maybe they kind of figure this town is where they want to go and they go into a tattoo parlor and that's where this story starts or something. That's I cool. Know. I love that. that I love cool. that. I think also of there are verses in the Bible where Jesus is like, you know, what you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. And there are people that come up to heaven and, and be like, if basically if you visited the prisoner, that was me. If you fed the or clothed the hungry, the naked, like what you do for these people, you've done for me. And what you haven't done for those people, you haven't done for me. And so I think of, and this is more of a first line of a song, but if Jesus had a tattoo and he was sitting on the corner holding a cardboard sign, if he was da da da, like, because we're supposed to see me as a, follow, a follower of Christ, I'm supposed to see those people as as Jesus. I mean, they're not God, but but He said, "What you do for them or don't do for them, you've done or not done for me." Mm -hmm. So I have a responsibility to treat them. You know, we have some adopted kids, and every once in a while, one of them get on my nerves, and I look at Emily like Jesus is really getting on my nerves today. Because <laughs> we, we try to see them as Jesus, like that's why we love these kids that are not our biological ones, but whatever. And we're like, yeah, Jesus, get on my nerves today. Jesus needs to learn how to potty train. So I think it'd be a cool opening line for, hey, how are you going to treat the other? Yeah. Right? What if Jesus is walking across the border in sandals? What if he's all these different things? So whatever your kind of flavor is, you could do that. It's like, would you care? Would you do that? So it would be really speaking to the people who call themselves Christians to go, okay, well, you know, he said he, we do for the least of these, the outcast, the immigrant, the, all these things. I think that could be cool, but also you could even go more kind of pointed as like to the, the church people and like if Jesus had a tattoo. Would you let him in your pew? Mm -hmm. <laughs> would you want him to sit, would you sit behind him in the pew if Jesus had a tattoo? Wow. That's interesting. I wrote the song with Cash Memphis called Flipping Tables and starts off if Jesus came to your church, would he feel at home? Would he feel invited or unwelcome and alone? would he fit in here wow so which is a little bit of that jesus tattoo song that i wrote with narmore but i think that's a of important reminder we get all pious and like we're better than anyone else kind oh, of yeah, or whatever yeah. like oh that person's i don't know they they look like they've been drinking last night and they don't have the nice stuff on or whatever our church's vibe is or maybe you're a uh, really you're a really casual church and somebody shows up in a suit you'd can get the same reaction as showing up in shorts in a really buttoned up church. You know, it's about like, yeah. it's not about. Well, and there's, there's the story of, uh, and this is a real story of a new pastor for a church mm -hmm. and they're, they're getting a new pastor. And nobody's met him. Oh yeah. And he decides to like hang out at the church for a week, dressed as a homeless guy. Yeah. See how it gets treated. And so, you know, what I'm thinking about this is, and Adam, like, I think you touched on it. Like, if Jesus had a tattoo, isn't the hook? That's not the chorus, mm -hmm. but that could be the name of the song. And Brent, the way that you set it up with the first line is like, if Jesus had a tattoo and was sitting on the corner with a with a 
sign or whatever. A sign or something like that. And then you can tell whatever story you want after that mm-hmm. and go all the kinds of different directions because you don't have to bring it back to to that. But what an interesting – like, in other words, like, you're he's on the corner, and no matter how you feel about him, like, he's looking at you. Yeah. And what are you going to do, right? Like, how are you going to act? Like, what are you doing when I'm not looking, right? Yeah. Like, Blake Shelton, like, that kind of thing. That could, you could really – go deep on some cool stuff there. And I think that's a fascinating opening line. Like it, yeah. if that's the first line, I'm you, you have my attention. Like, where is right. this going? Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that could be cool. it also makes me think of Joan Osborne's, you know, what if God was one of us, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of that, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. It could just be questions of somebody who doesn't know that if Jesus had a tattoo, what would it say? If he, you know, did all these other things. If he if he had a car, what would he drive? Would he drive a Tesla or would he do like an SUV? <laughs> like yeah, a good yeah. Texas Christian. <laughs> it could just be positing some questions of going, well, okay, if, maybe if he was around today. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Mm. You know, if he's walking the earth today, I guess just to say, but that could be interesting too. Yeah, that would be because you could say, and then you could also say a bunch of things he wouldn't be. I can tell you this. He wouldn't be a politician, you know. He wouldn't be, a, yeah. yeah, amen. Or at least he'd never get. <laughs> and and he wouldn't be a, a TV evangelist, right? He, he would be, you know. He, he, here's the things he wouldn't be, and you could make some opinions on that wherever, however far you wanted to go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he had a tattoo, it would have your name on. it. If he had a whatever, if like if he had a blank, fill in the blank, and then fill in what comes after that. You could just do like almost a listicle. If he had a sandwich, he'd have one. If Jesus had a tattoo, it would be one of you. If he had a sandwich, well, he'd have one. For you. Like or he'd have, he'd save half for you. Yeah. 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 Or if he'd give it to you, if he had, you know, one sandwich, he'd give it to you. Like you could do all those kind of things, which would be cool. Like if he had the refrigerator, he'd have your picture on it kind of thing. That, yeah. To steal from my buddies. If he had a front porch, I think it might be if Jesus had a front porch. Or if heaven had a front board, mm-hmm. like you'd always be welcome to sit and chat for a long time. Yeah, Jesus in a rocking chair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do you even though you know in the beginning of the song, do you say Jesus yet? Mm. You know, is it coming out of the gate with it, or is it that image of sitting on the corner with a sign but not saying it's him? Then you hit it in the chorus or something, and people yeah. like, oh, after they've had the yeah. chance to make their judgment. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so an ambush in the chorus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you could set it all up. Like, you could go through and just sort of describe maybe what's happening around mm-hmm. that homeless person on the corner, right? You could kind of re- be sort of rando, matter of fact, like, you know, here's a girl in a short skirt and a da ba and she looks at him and throws her garbage on him. And, and a long jacket. If she has That's a like short jacket, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like, you know, something like that route, right? And then you know, somebody else comes by and gives them a dollar and and all these different the way all these different sort of observations on how people would mm-hmm. would deal with that. And then yeah, and that chorus and, and you're like, and what if what if that person needed this? And what if that like what's that person's story, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're like saying, what if they had it all and then they lost it? You could tell the story maybe about your sort of dream of what that person's how did that person get on that street corner yeah and then the last line is like and what if jesus had a tattoo yeah yeah well, maybe he got on that street be- corner because he is jesus and he wants to just watch the world and mm-hmm. like we've 
originally said, watching everything go on, like that pastor going into the church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're from the most humble place that from you the can most humble place. in society. Yeah. And you know, not for nothing, I mean, once he started his ministry, Jesus was homeless too. Oh, there you, oh, there you, you go. Know, so he, I mean, he was a homeless guy. He traveled around, stayed at friends' houses. He crashed, he couch surfed. Yeah. Jesus walk on surfing. water and couch surf. I mean, I could even hear paying homage to uh, McKenna and Tim, something about humble and kind in the verse. Yeah. Yep. That beautiful song. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Sure. Yeah. Dude, I like that, man. That's interesting. Like, you could really do so much of a twist on that with, yeah, with how people would react, how, you know, if he walked into a church, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you could tell the story of that homeless guy and then just, yeah, the chorus, bring it home. Yeah. It's, by the way, it's Jesus. And you're like, oh, you know what? Okay. I don't know how to do this lyrically. And I don't know if what I'm going to say is going to describe it, but I remember this scene with Matthew McConaughey in Mississippi burning. I think it was Mississippi burning mm-hmm. or no, what was the movie? It was uh, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson when he's the. Yes. The one? Yeah. And his daughter was raped and killed. Samuel Jackson's like black mm-hmm. daughter in the movie was raped and killed and blah, blah, blah. And the whole thing is he's setting all this up and because they know that the girl's black. Right. And he's like going through the horrors of everything that happened to her when he's talking to the jury and he has everybody closing their eyes and imagining this. And then he's like, now I want you to imagine that she's white. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God, you're like, holy crap. Maybe that's like, that's the ambush, right? Like, you can yeah. go real serious with it. And then now imagine it's Jesus had a tattoo. Yeah. And it's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, it's a reframe on that. That's interesting. Yeah. Same thing about if you go to the, you know, would you want him to sit next to you in the pew or would you sit next to him in the pew if Jesus had a tattoo? You know, which is a yeah. different audience. You're speaking like to the people that the church going audience. Yeah. Yeah, so that which in certain genres that would be the appropriate thing to do. Yeah, I think in a in a more of a country or a folk, it doesn't have to be that pointed towards Correct. you know yeah, the I people that are very stout Christians. You know, it mm-hmm. can be a little more vague and cool and vibey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I wonder. You know, just and the built-in kind of. Could it be political as well? Like if Jesus had a tattoo, would you just figure he's and talked about feeding the the hungry? Would you figure he's a lefty if he showed up and blah blah blah? Would you think he's some neocon or whatever? Yeah, because people can pick and choose politically. Like, well, Jesus was a socialist because of blah blah. Well, no, he was definitely hardcore conservative because of blah blah blah. You could almost explore that. Right? If he explodes, he's bigger than a party. Yeah. That may be kind of interesting too, just to kind of rattle. Oh, like you mean bit. like, so you could point out like the good things from each sort of one of these, it could be like a unifying song, right? Yeah. Like you could point out like the good things that the left has done and the good things that the right has done and the good things that happen from this or that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And sort of bring all that together. And but by sort of describing like if Jesus had a tattoo, he might be over here if Jesus had, you know, was worried about the planet or, you know, whatever. I mean, like you could, the, the tattoo is like one thing and then there's another juxtaposition. You could, if he wore this yeah. kind of hat or if he had this kind of car. Yeah, if he had like, a, you know, a tattoo and he stood on the corner feeding the homeless, would you think he's some sort of socialist lefty or whatever? <laughs> yeah, which we should all be doing that. But, or if he's calling out sin and saying, go and don't sin anymore, you don't think he's some high and mighty religious right guy yeah right 
that sort of thing because he's and just to kind of explore that and go maybe maybe we don't need to try to put him into our box maybe we need to get yeah. it on his cross and not on our box or whatever i don't know I, yeah i think it'd be a beautiful kind of title to use to throw everybody in the same box yeah sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, so to throw everybody under the same bus. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's I mean, that's where my heart is these days. It's like you over here, you over here, y'all can go yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Get in here together mm-hmm. and actually communicate. Yeah. And actually yeah. be productive. And, and be productive. Communicate, be productive, care about the human race mm-hmm. and fix yep. shit. You yeah. know? Yeah. Which I'm sure jesus would probably do yeah well yeah i mean he they thought he was he hung out with all kinds of people and he saved his harshest words for the uh, religious people right so if there was if there was one word that you could use that would sort of explain what you just talked about adam right everybody needs to come to the middle Mm -hmm. hope yeah so there it is and so maybe if jesus had a tattoo it would say (laughs) yeah Maybe. That could be cool. <laughs> Check this out. I mean, side note. I mean, shameless self-promotion here. Yes. But, you know, I'm getting ready to put my song Breadcrumbs of Hope out. Oh, yeah. And I asked my co-writer, Michael Oates, what he would say about the song. And this is what he said. He said, when we talk about hope, often we are looked at as naive, idealistic, rainbows and unicorn kind of stuff. This song is here to say hope is not a rainbow or a unicorn. Hope is real and it is everywhere. And with the simplest of gestures, anyone, you, me, a nameless stranger on the street can be that tiny spark of hope that could make a difference in someone's life. Just a smile or saying good morning, volunteering a couple hours here and there each week, and every little breadcrumb of hope matters and makes a difference. I love it. Yeah, that's cool. So, give me chills a little bit, dude. That was like, he's a deep cat, man. He's been a Nashville guy for years, but he's over in Berlin now, most of his time over there. So, you probably ran into him back in the day, I would think. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I just happened. I wanted to leave that up in case that came up, mm-hmm. and it just did. It so. came, came to you. Yeah, I love it. Well, we got some good looks at it, man. Yeah, like, I, like I really like. That's a very, very interesting title, and I think uh, yeah. you have to you have to be careful. You know, you have to really, really craft that one. It's not going to be like a, a meatball across the plate kind of a song. That can <laughs> right. be like, it's got to be. It's got that, but that's got song of the year. DNA to it if you do yeah. it. Right. Yeah, it like yeah. has a, a purpose other I mean they they hopefully all have a purpose but it, it's saying something. Let's put it that way. It's saying yeah. something. So Adam, I now now let's do this shameless plug too. Let's talk about this song that's coming out. So you guys, this song that this is today is going to be September 15th or 18th uh, I believe on a Friday. So, no, September I think uh let's see. Did you say what? T- what's the date that it drops? It could be August no, no, ours is September 15th. Our, our show does. The song is September 8th. The song is September eighth. Okay, so we can drop it whenever we need to. Yeah, <laughs> so I think drop it on the first or the week after. Like you do your math. I'm, I'm pretty I, sure I'd like to drop it when the song's available, so people can go hear it. Let's do the September fifteenth then. Yes. Uh, yeah, if that's cool with you guys. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, that's right. I, either right. Absolutely. Yeah. September. I'm, I'm my own PR person, so I'm trying to line all this up to make sense. Good. Well, yeah. So this is September fifteenth. And so the song's been out for a week, and I'll put the link when you get the when it drops out. Just shoot me the live link, and okay. I'll 
I'll cool. put that if you got a link tree or something that you're using. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put make in. one and give it to you for sure. There you go. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then Adam, where can everybody reach out? So hold on, I'm gonna I want to gush on Suncat too for a second. Yeah. Like it was Mick that brought me down to to meet you initially, and you guys were playing at the basement with Suncat, which is with Adam's wife, Katie Cook. I, you might recognize the name. She's a CMT personality, and she also like could run a country. I think she, she sells real estate. She's a songwriter. She's like, yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a super smarty pants man. But like I have some cat like in my row, in my uh, rotation, in my playlist because it's, and it's the first comment I think I made to you was, I mean, don't get me wrong. The songs are great. Singing's great. It's but dude, your guitar arrangements on those tracks are just so interesting. They're just, Thanks. Not what you'd expect and so appropriate and just just it was just a pleasure to hear that. Of course, coming from a guitar player, but you know, there's a lot of really great guitar players that maybe don't get that creative with the arrangements. And I just it's it's different. I recommend everybody going to check that out. So we'll put a link in for Suncat and then it's Adam Schoenfeld and you're out with Tim McGraw, and is there anything coming up with dirty with uh, digital brains? <laughs> dirty brains. <laughs> <laughs> That was a a Freudian slip. (laughs) Uh, Brains, you know, we play once in a while. We've done a couple shows recently. It's hard because it's a side project and everyone's working different gigs and has different lives. And and, uh, we all get in different moods of when we want to go out and tear people's faces off with punk music and when we don't. It'll always be a band and we will always be around. It's just not a life priority for any of us, unfortunately. I mean, it would be cool if we could let it be a priority, but mm-hmm. just life circumstances don't always allow that. So, well, you are a busy man. Yeah. So I just, you know, I write for me. And when there's time for brains to do it, we do it. When there's time for Suncat, we do it. And I always have time for myself to do my own stuff. And a lot of my own stuff, like Bread Comes of Hope, Katie produces anyway. So it's almost Suncat. Yeah. And sometimes she might put a background vocal on it. Sometimes she, she doesn't. Like this one, our daughters sang background vocals with me and, oh, oh, cool. and her oh, on awesome. it. And, and she produced it. So I was actually doing kind of a more pop rock up version of this song to fit in with the EP that's coming out after it. Mm-hmm. And she heard it. She said, no so please let me please let me have my way with this song <laughs> and i did and, and it's really cool nice okay. so she's an amazing she's an amazing producer she's amazing oh, i love that man i love that so where can like social media where can they connect where can i audience connect uh, with you? adam schoenfeld is it adam schoenfeld.com or adam schoenfeld music i don't even know <laughs> uh, i think it's adam i think it's adam schoenfeld.com and schoenfeld at schoenfeld for instagram Okay. Adam Schoenfeld on Facebook. Suncat Music is our website. And uh, Suncat Official on, on Instagram. Digital Brains Official on Instagram. But if you go to Schoenfeld on Instagram, I've got the link tree where you can find everything. Very cool. Okay. So awesome. So, so that's S H O E N F E L D, by the way, is that's how right. to spell that. No C. So, well, thank you, Adam. Thank you for saying yes, man. Yeah, awesome. this is fun. I'll do it again if you get in a pinch. Let's do it. All right. Oh, hell yeah, we will kick you up on that for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. so you said it. You heard it here, people. Heard it here. <laughs> so listen, send your <laughs> titles. 
Yeah. Send your titles into info at daredevilproduction.com. Put STC or song title challenge in the subject line, and maybe you'll get like a legit friggin' rock star, writer, producer, musician, and human being like Adam to help flesh out your song. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.